You're listening to Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I am Aaron, and with me, as always, is Stavros. Tonight, as Season 2 looms menacingly just beyond the edge of time, we're going to take a moment, or several really, to talk about what we know about Season 2. So let's put on the trailer and pour a glass, and Stavros, tell me about what we're drinking. Uh, So we are drinking Cavassier, a cognac. Uh, a quote very special cognac and you know to be honest i'm not really sure what's so very special about this one um what's what's the story why are we drinking this today well you know when they say very special they mean less the man who cured aromatic syndrome and more the toddler who made it through a whole afternoon without pooping his pants (laughs) very special just means that the drink itself has been aged roughly two years or more and unfortunately that means that it may not be aged to perfection but given that we're rolling into season two i felt it mildly appropriate of course this also means that this drink is oh god it's it's awful it's it's bland it's so (laughs) so bland it's like somebody heard the term fire water and took it literally yikes well, you know, I'm still going to give it a fair shake uh, throughout the the recording of this episode. So, well, shall we talk? Shall we talk season two then? I'm really excited to get into all the various things we have. Indeed, let's dig in. So, where are we starting? So, there just in recent days, there have been a lot of info dumps, a lot in the way of trailers, and there have been, uh, you know, interviews and and written articles about this. Uh, I think we should tackle the trailers first, and we can go kind of piece by piece and talk about. What kind of clues we're getting for season two, um, and then we'll kind of comb through the articles and pick up some some tasty bits in some of those articles toward the end. So the most recent trailer is we've got a really a lot of juicy bits in this one. Um, it's the season two official trailer. It's a longer trailer. It just came out uh, just recently on um, on July twenty third. So it's the most recent thing we've seen, um, and it starts off action packed. The first thing I wanted to call out is we pretty obviously see Tendi show up as a giant scorpion, and it's one of the first shots, and it's terrifying. Yeah, unfortunately, knowing Star Trek, this won't last, because I can really get behind <laughs> Tendi Scorpion. <laughs> you want, like, a Tendi Scorpion for, like, the whole of Season 2? Yeah, let her stay a scorpion! <laughs> you know, she wasn't happy being in Orion. There's a lot of stigma there, but nobody hates scorpions, except no. for people who live in the Southwest. <laughs> Well, you know, I feel like, you know, in, in this shot, she, her uniform's all torn up, so I feel like she's probably not having a good time. Taylors exist, my friend. Just ask Garrick. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe she's just a perma-scorpion. Who knows? But, uh, but I think you're right. I think this is going to be a one-off transporter accident. You know, I'm kind of seeing, like, a like a, um, like a two-vic situation with a tendy and a scorpion, maybe. God, I hope not. Poor Tuvix. <laughs> Janeway had the answer. Is all she had to do was run a search on the database. <laughs> but that's Janeway. She was the laziest captain in Starfleet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, at least we know that, or at least our guess is that that she's going to be a scorpion for just just an episode. Not my guess. Yeah. You know, I've got hopes and dreams here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We'll see about scorpion that. Scorpion queen. <laughs> Well, let's move on to our next, uh, the next piece we pulled out here, which is um, Jet. the return of yes. Jet, <laughs> what the is coolest going on? guy on the Cerritos. <laughs> so he's uh, he was a, a crew member on the Vancouver, if I recall, right? In the in yeah, yeah, event. you know what? He may have been a background character. They do a really good job of uh, doing the Voyager thing, where important characters start out as background characters, right? And he shows up finally in the foreground. Uh, in the episode where it turns out he's good friends with uh, Boimler's victim. <laughs> and Mariner is super jelly because Jet is the coolest guy on the ship. Yes. Yes, indeed. And actually, Jet, you know, he pops up several times in the trailer. The first time he pops up, he's kind of getting clawed by a giant claw hand of some kind. But and that's he... a theme, I think, throughout the trailer is uh, automatons. Yes, Although, right. interestingly, he also has something in his hand, which appears to be a Temerian puppet. Yes. In fact, uh, we're, we're going to talk more puppets and toys um, from later in the trailers as well. Are you sure oh it's a Oh boy, you know I love talking puppets. <laughs> if there's one thing you can do, it's, it's talk puppets. 
If this podcast was about puppetry, I feel like you would make a good a good lead host. Well, you know, you keep saying we need to get our length time down, and if we start <laughs> talking puppets, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> I think you're totally right. But yes, Jet shows up, uh, holding holding strange toys. Uh, but the next one, the next little tidbit is we've seen we've seen this Miranda class ship pop up in this trailer and some of the other ones that we can talk about later. It's, it's the Miranda class USS McDuff getting chased by unknown aliens of some kind. I don't know if you can really quite see what that ship is in the background you know at first i thought it was kind of cardassian looking but it shows up again later and appears to be attacking the titan the titan okay so you're thinking maybe it's pakalad situation here i have no idea i'm lost is all that i know (laughs) is that mcduff according to google was the fake bridge officer from the episode where the crew is mind wipe and convinced that they are right Yes, That's in a one. war with a pitifully yeah, right. prepared foe. Yeah, I wonder, do you think that's a reference that's popping up that's going to be relevant here? I bet you it's a reference that we don't know about in the real world. Mm, it could be. Like could be. McDuff was, you know, McMahon's secret love child. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to ask. Uh, we'll have to ask, like, shoot him a Twitter message or something about that. But it's weird Well, because... you can do that because, as <laughs> is the policy, I am not allowed access to the Twitter account. Uh, yeah. It's for the best. It's for the best. You know what? I, you say that, but, but I feel like I, I have a lot to bring to this endeavor. <laughs> Maybe we'll do, like, a 24-hour takeover or something like that. Or you just, it'll just be bedlam. I can do a lot of damage in 24 hours, my friend. <laughs> we'll see how many of the cast and crew will block uh, block the account. So what, what do you think the deal is with this, this Miranda-class ship popping up? I mean, we've seen Miranda-class ships in DS9, but I think that's the latest in the, the Star Trek timeline that we've seen them yeah. in this active is service. It's the first modern Miranda, and it's interesting that they did actually update it. It's got yeah. the red Buzard collectors yes, and right. the blue nacelles. I think they just wanted to go with something that's era appropriate. Yeah, could be. Yeah, maybe it's a modernized uh, Miranda. You're totally right. We, we say modernized, but a lot of times people assume that means in canon. But sometimes, just look at the Klingons. They get modernized visually, but really there isn't a lot of canon explanation until, you know, a hand-wavy comment from Worf in a... Right. bizarre ds9 <laughs> side story right yeah. completely unnecessary yeah well okay well let's move on um, what i i wanted to call it, there's this this shot in the trailer where um all of the four crew uh the main cast are standing in eva suits um on a satellite it looks like and um, there's one shot of boimler where you know kind of boimler has this little cowlick right in front um, and in this shot, the helmet is kind of like pushing down the cowlick against his head, and it's kind of like a cute little detail. And um, you know what? Your comments on this scene is so deeply Stavros. <laughs> what does that mean? It is a hilarious scene about how we all matter, and then the Cerritos flies off into yes. the infinity, leaving them behind. <laughs> and you're like, my takeaway from this scene is Boimler's hair. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure some poor animator or artist was like, I'm doing the right thing here. And you know what? His his or her work is appreciated. You know, I do always wonder how much of it is the animators and how much of it is instructions or storyboarding from the uh, producers. Yeah. yeah. Hard, to, hard to know. Hard to know without knowing more about their process. But actually, you know, something else I want to bring up is, you know, with, with Boimler, I mean, this is the first shot we've seen of all four of the, you know, quote, main crew together. So obviously something happens where Boimler is thrust back either to the Cerritos or to work with the Cerritos crew. So And and calling back to the previous trailers, Boimler doesn't seem the happiest man in the world in his new no, position. Not at all. And there's plenty of evidence in them that he winds up teaming up either temporarily or consistently with his former crewmates. Yes. I hope it doesn't mean he gets demoted because then I'd just be sad. Yeah, demotions aren't a big deal. <laughs> I, I feel like even talking to Mariner there. You know what? It's funny because later Tom Paris shows up. Yes. And Tom Paris was demoted. So That's I'm true. wondering if like Tom Paris and Boimler, are they the only two characters <gasps> in Star Trek to be demoted? And then that we've seen on screen. Think... Oh no, Kirk. Kirk. Oh Kirk yeah, got That's demoted. Right. Although, but he was from Admiral to Captain. And yeah, he wanted yeah. it. I think doesn't Tom Paris get demoted either from full lieutenant to lieutenant junior grade or from junior grade to ensign? I have no idea. It's been so long since I've seen the episode with the uh, space ocean. 
But I don't know. It could be. I feel like maybe Tom Paris and Boimler are are space bros. They they both have been kindred spirits. Yes, maybe they both experienced the demotion from. Well, you know, if uh, Boimler ever tries to put fins on the Cerritos, we'll know for sure. (laughs) We'll find out. Well, let's move on. Um, there is a shot of the a large portion of what I think is the Cerritos crew. It's mo- most of the bridge crew. You can see the back of Boimler's head. They're listening to someone kind of talking in front of a bunch of pods or something. Hard to tell what's going on, but there's a, some interesting things happening in this scene. You can see the back of Shax's head, who is, as we have talked about, yeah. completely alive. So is this a flashback? So it's unclear because they also show, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, the new security officer who is in the same shot. Oh boy! So what's yeah. going on here? Is there well, a, maybe that's uh, when the new security officer came on board, and he's just getting promoted this season. Oh, that could be it. Yeah, that could be it indeed. So Shax has uh, been like, uh, well, we'll have to talk about new security man when we get there. Yeah, because you know, since Shax retired in the last season, <laughs> retired. He's still around. Yeah, Everything's he, he fine. went to a farm upstate where he's very happy. <laughs> Not to be confused with The Farm, which is in this show. <laughs> uh, maybe he did go to the farm. Uh, Who knows? Maybe. It's impossible to say. But there's other stuff in this scene to unpack too, right? Yes. Yes. In fact, it's, it's eagle-eyed people on the internet have also noticed this. But if you look very closely, they, this, this scene is watermarked with a Star Trek Lower Decks, the name of the show. Um, and you can see the back of a cat person's head with kind of fin-like ears. And yes. we've seen this this race show up in the animated series. Of course, now there's multiple animated series. So <laughs> the old animated series, uh, which looks like a Kazinti. It's this cat, this cat people with, like, fish ears. Yes, a Zinti in a Starfleet uniform. Although, yes. you never really know on the internet, but the story goes that... Due to rights conflicts with the Niven estate, they've never been able to use the Zinti again, despite their desires. So, right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be a throwaway visual gag that has no re- relevance, or maybe it'll matter at some point. Yeah, we'll have to see. I hope we see more of them, because that would be a definitely be uh, something cool to see. I am more interested in the retro sci-fi clad green chick who appears to be rallying the crew. Yes, uh, I, I, I have feel, we seen anything like her before? I I don't think so. I kind of went through some. It kind of looks original series-y to me, and I kind of leafed through some alien looks. Well, I mean that's your job. You you do the research. <laughs> I show up and talk into a microphone. But no, I did not see any. In fact, if any listeners out there do know if that's a reference, totally comment on the episode, and and I'd, I'd love to know that. But it seems very original series-y to me, but I could not place it. But let's move on to a next shot. There is Tendi and Mariner showing up in a very like Las Vegasy seeming area. <laughs> very prevalent in it is a place called Corks, but it is definitely more f- colorful and flashy than. Yeah, well, the Clark's come Corks to Corks. Corks is fun. <laughs> That's right. Maybe Don't I walk assume, run. Yeah, I assume that he's expanded from DS Nine at all this time. I suppose. You know, it's weird. Like everybody is obsessed with Cork expanding. It shows up in. Uh, the gamma cannon a lot and yes. the beta cannon and it makes sense you know i mean the, the man not really he was not business. a great entrepreneur <laughs> how the only he has going for him now is the fact that rom is the grand negus but <laughs> given that, that people like lek exist i highly doubt rom would last long as the grand negus <laughs> well you know maybe that explains his expansion if uh rom is just funneling him money or something like that who knows but we'll we'll come back to this location later because it, it may show up in some in some yeah i feel like it's referenced about. in the uh teaser yes i think so so what do we got next oh so exciting we know that you like Shaq so much and as did i but they've introduced the new security officer lieutenant i believe it's kayshawn k-a-y-s-h-o-n uh, i think that's wrong i think it's gaython which <laughs> would make sense because he's tamarian and they only speak in metaphors <laughs> and what would that be metaphoring aaron Oh boy, you know what? Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it written as Kayshawn, Um and it's a Tamarian, as we've talked about, um, voiced by Carl Tart, who is uh, well-known in uh, certain comedy circles, so he's a, he's a well-known voice. You know, visually looking at him, I think we have to credit this man, or this, this character, with being the possibly the second Starfleet officer who is able to wear a sash while on duty. 
Yeah, well, I mean, in the god-awful TNG episode, uh, <laughs> wasn't the Tamarian officer... They're Tamarians, right? Yes. Um, wasn't he wearing a knife on his chest? Yes, indeed. And I think it may have even been in a sash, so... Yes. And I think it was ceremonial. Yes, indeed. I think you were right. But it looks like, in this case, it's he's gotten it strapped to his... He's, he's got integrated it right into his uniform. Yeah, much like Bajoran earrings or Worf's baldric, which yes. neither made any sense. I love the fact that, <laughs> you know, in the same series, Riker was trying to force Roe to Rode. not yes. wear her earring, <laughs> while at the same time letting Worf wear his baldric. You know, Fantastic he- racism. <laughs> You know, some people just don't like earrings. There's no earrings in Star Trek. Maybe in the future there's more of a a faux pas in wearing earrings. Who knows? Maybe it's just a turnoff for Riker and he can't handle women in his chain of command not being sexy. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, Riker and Roe had their own fling romance, so I feel like we're opening a can of worms. Yeah, I think we're we're going sideways here. We're supposed to be talking about Lower Decks. Yeah. Is that what this show is about? I forgot. I feel like we have discussed this in the past. I, I... <laughs> okay, well, so at least here we have the new Temerian security officer. So, and he does crack a joke, uh, a metaphoric joke that no one gets. So it'll be kind of like this show. This char- the character no, is kind of like the no. show where people will be making jokes and no one will get it, and then we'll Ugh. just all move on with our lives. So terrible. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the next uh, shot of note. So we've got Mariner in a Cardassian place of some kind. And we've seen in, in another trailer, which we'll get to as well, there's this um, interrogation room that well-known from uh, TNG's Chain of Command. Um, so I, it, it yes. seems like this shot is from that same uh, episode. Same outfits, uh, female Cardassian, yes. same lighting scheme. Yeah, I think you're right. So what? And so my question to you is, so what, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we don't know a lot about what's, like, why Mariner is here, but... Why is Mariner wearing like a like a '90s workout outfit? I don't know why you find this so weird. Like people in the future <laughs> probably wear workout outfits, you know, like when they're going to Cardassian uh, outposts and whatnot. Yes, because I'm sure she had an invitation. <laughs> hey, would you like to be interrogated by Cardassians? Arrive so- here at. 9 p.m. and wear your best workout chic. <laughs> yeah, so so it sounds like what we're saying is Mariner was just working out one day, and she's like, you know, 90s workout gear is the way to go, and then Cardassians just kidnapped her, and then that's the episode. I I feel like there's more to the episode than that, but I feel like that is possibly how she wound up in Cardassian custody. <laughs> oh, maybe be. the Cardassians take over the ship. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could be. No but I am money. looking forward to the return of the Cardassians. Yes, yes, very exciting. Disappointing, though, I highly doubt we'll see one Elim Garrick or Gul Dukat, the best Cardassians on screen. Well, you know, never say never. Well, we Gul Dukat's dead, so highly yeah. unlikely. Yes, well, Ooh, for those of us that are dead. Gul Dukat, I can get behind <laughs> that. Well then, so moving on, there is another shot of Boimler, who is getting beamed back to the Titan... And there's another twin shot of this that's in one of the other shows that we'll talk about. But um, you can see that Boimler is not wearing a uniform in this shot. And he's kind of getting, like, half-beamed up and is screaming the whole time. I have to say, ever since... It's a quick quick side note. Ever since um, Jack Quaid is, has told a story about, like, being in a hotel room doing lines for Lower Decks. Where he's just, like, screaming like a maniac into a mic. <laughs> Like I feel like I feel like this is like the quintessential Boimler, you know, Jack Quaid in a closet screaming scene shot. Just because yeah. it's it's taking forever to beam him up and his scream is just fading in and out. It's hilarious. Well, you know, at least as embarrassing as that story is, he has an excuse for why he's screaming random things in a hotel room. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Come yeah. on, Stavros. Like it's never been late at night in a random hotel and you're just screaming at the top of your lungs about nothing. <laughs> You know, strangely, hasn't happened to me in a long time. But yes, as you mentioned, I think this is a continuation of a scene from the previous trailers where it looks like Boimler and some of the people that are in the foreground are wearing the same outfits. Yes, some kind of non-uniform outfit. And you can see, I mean, this again, we'll see evidence of this later too, but it's some, you know, the the Titan must be engaged in, you know, counter-pack-led activities. So this seems to support that disappointing end for Riker's career (laughs) how sad would it be to get taken out by the Paclets although I guess the the Paclets are killing lots of people these days in the show it shows timeline so 
But let, I feel like this next shot is going to be your favorite part of this whole episode. Um, it is Tentacle really... monsters, baby! <laughs> oh yeah, cannon now! <laughs> so what's the monster doing in a shot? Do you re- do you recall? Uh, so it's weird because there's there's multiple shots of him throughout the trailers, and this particular one, he's just looking at a piece of artwork and gets interrupted. But there's another shot of him in a similar scene, though I don't think it's necessarily a direct follow-up to this one, where there's a bunch of, I don't even know what they are, like eels with legs? I don't know, I don't care. Tentacle monster, that's all I saw, that's all I cared about. I I had a moment where I thought he might be a Kelvin, because they are tentacle monsters as well. Okay. But they have like hundreds or thousands of tentacles. I see. Yeah, it's definitely not one of those. I don't think we've seen a monster of this type then. Nope. Yeah. Okay. I, I try and try and rein in your excitement. Hey, you know what? Tentacle monsters. <laughs> okay. Well, in another shot, um, we see Jet beaming in uh, with a number of the Cerritos crew members. Um, so we've got Tendi, Mariner, Kayshawn, and uh, uh, Rutherford in this shot. No Boimler, strangely. And Jet's kind of right in the middle, obviously, the focus of the scene. Yeah. And so unlike he... everybody else, he appears to be super excited to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rutherford, he seems like he's been worse places, but you're right. He's definitely... Yes. Uh, happy to be there so something you know again i mean what's jet is you know part of the crew briefly or something's going on where he gets more involved for sure well i think it's probably going to be like the episode where uh what is the name of that guy with the curly hair who's drinking the puree direct from the replicator yes 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 that guy shows up in the background of other episodes before he becomes a yes episode featured character yes and i think this could be the same thing with jet i would love it if the season starts out and he's like the boimler replacement (laughs) and then when boimler finally comes back everybody's like oh thank god we're so tired of jet You know, I think it's more likely is uh, everyone will be sad to see Jet go and Boimler will be stuck there. Ah, That's just kind of the character of the Boimler. Always hating on Boimler. (laughs) I'm just just stating stating facts. But yes, lots of Jet, lots more Jet. In another shot, interesting, we we see Mariner and Tendi getting into it with some Nausicans. And I think this is the first time we've seen them pop up on this show. Um, Interesting art style. If you look at them, the eyes are kind of glowy, which is not something we've seen in previous shows so but it's kind of it's still cool to see them pop up once again yeah if i recall correctly they had weird eyes in tng but there's also as star trek evolves through the years special effects get better and better and this is an animated series they have a lot more that they can do yeah drawing human forms for most animators is a lot easier because it's what they're used to right but the time involvement for drawing other things is more about how much detail goes into the art versus the overall how realistic it is. Yep, I think But yes, right. the return of Nausicans. Yes, cool to see them. Yes, and Mariner's fantastic subterfuge. <laughs> Throwing bars of latinum right in their face. Um, so let's move on. Um, we get some more goop monsters. This show has a lot of goop in it to begin with, but we see um, Tendi kind of getting sucked in and then Mariner pulling her out of a goop monster. And I, I, Tendi's joining the club of Lower Decks cast members, uh, or, you know, characters that have gotten uh, sucked into and then drawn out of goop. I feel like Boimler with the with the spider in the in the early episodes of season one. And Mariner actually calls it out. Oh, we've all been, you know, eaten <laughs> by a goop monster and <laughs> attempting to comfort Tendi, and Tendi's just not having any of it. <laughs> Unusual to see Tendi in a bad mood, to be honest. But as a callback to something we had seen previously, I'm wondering if exposure to the goop monster is why she turns into a scorpion monster. Yes. Interesting hypothesis. Although I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they are completely unrelated. Yeah, I think you're probably right, which will make me sad. (laughs) I I think you should hold out hope, though. We we don't know. Hope is all I've got, my friend. (laughs) The next thing I'm really excited about, actually, and I'm sure you are, too, this, oh uh, boy! This uh, this box of a computer that insults Mariner by saying it looks like she's put on a few pounds, That's voiced by insult. Jeffrey Combs. He's just concerned about her well being. <laughs> Why has everything got to be an insult? But yes, the return of Jeffrey Combs. Yes, really ah, exciting. fantastic. So many characters. Um, what was he? Liquidator Brunt, yes. the best character in Enterprise, Shran. <laughs> Shran. 
Oh man, who else did he play? So many characters. He's got tons Star of Trek. roles. Yes. Yeah, he actually played multiple Ferengi. I even think he may have been one of the uh, Ferengi in TNG as well. But yeah, I mean, and obviously, huge, huge history. He's big in cult films. He's famous yes. for being the reanimator. He was in the show 4400 for a few seasons as a mad scientist. Just a great actor, great character, always entertaining to watch. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if he just has a single episode bit role or if it's something bigger than that. I, I feel like it's probably the former, but we'll have to hold out hope. always kind of wonder about that with animation because it is much easier to reuse actors, but yes. you always run into the risk of everybody recognizing the voice and it just sounds samey yes you're right okay well um moving on to yet another uh spot by jet showing up with mariner like kind of fighting off these weird like flying roombas not really sure what they are exactly hard to tell but i mean this is like the third time jet showed up in the single episode or the single uh trailer so it's interesting though um at least in two of the scenes he is dealing with automatons here it's the Flying Roombas, mm. which have the same color scheme as Jeffrey Combs' Evil Robot. Oh, yes. Uh, the other one, though, they appear to be just like generic construction bots or something. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's going to be an episode theme. It could be, yeah. Or maybe it'll be multiple episodes. We don't know. Yeah. Just, uh, there's something the or do you know, Stavros? Right? Do you have insider info you're not telling me? <laughs> you know, we'll just have to find out what shows up in Season 2 to see what I'm truly right about. But I think uh, the next one is something that the entire internet is on fire about. It is the Tom Paris cameo. Robert Duck McNeil has has signed on to do some... Wait, some... did you just call him Rubber Duck McNeil? <laughs> I I feel like... I feel like with with enough uh, with enough of this cognac, I probably did say that, yes. But no, Robert That's his Duncan name now. McNeil. <laughs> you can call him Duck if you want, I guess. But, um, Duck McNeil! <laughs> But he is back in the form of a plate, a plate version of Tom Paris, which I think is supposed to be a callback to the 90s when there were all these weird TNG commemorative plates around. Yeah, the 90s were weird, dude. People loved their commemorative plates. Yes, and now we have them. The 80s, too, and the <laughs> 70s. It's it's really only our generation that stopped buying commemorative plates. <laughs> Well, now they're back, uh, and I believe they are putting real commemorative plates of Lower Deck-style Tom Paris up for sale on the internet shortly. So you too can own a Tom Paris commemorative plate. I think you mean you too will own a Lower (laughs) Deck's commemorative plate. Yeah, I want to see how often I can just sneak them in. I'll just pull the plate out of the cupboard, and I'll sit down with my family and see if anyone says anything. (laughs) But that is a great scene that they uh, stuck into the trailer, and it's also an interesting note that... Boimler is back in the Cerrito-style uniform in that yes. scene. Yes, and I think this comes... This is you know what we've been talking about. Maybe he gets pushed back to the Cerritos. Or chooses or, to come back. Yes, maybe it's too much for him. But yes, gosh, we're still on the first trailer. This is insane amount of the info, information getting crabbed in here. But we do well, see... We it. are a uh, bit long-winded in our analysis. <laughs> That's true. We talk for a long time, but say nothing. <laughs> we're saying so much stuff. Aaron, like just like this next shot about the Titan fighting a Paclet ship, and you know, I, I realize that the you know, the Titan is Riker's ship and all that, but isn't isn't you know the Luna class supposed to be a science ship? What's going on here? Why is it leading the fight against the Paclets? I guess I guess the Voyager was also a science ship, so you can, you can do well, a lot. Well, I think they're also have. like uh, exploratory ships, unlike the Galaxy, which was a bit more multi-purpose and diplomatic. And that may just be they're on the frontiers and they happen to get involved with the Pakleds and suddenly have all this knowledge. Maybe they're just the experts in the Pakled field. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Or maybe they're just the uh, Johnny on the spot. <laughs> they're the only ship in the quadrant, there you they go. said, in the <laughs> TOS movies. Yes. But the next the next shot's interesting. Um, it's a close-up of what looks like Boimler's face, but he's all he's got some Borg junk on his face. Yes, Borgler. <laughs> Boy, I feel I think I think he needs to be Boigler, Boigler, Boigler. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you we'll see what the uh, cognac agrees with. <laughs> but this is a very brief shot, and we get almost nothing. So what is happening here? Is this? Any guesses? I, I can't take anything away from this. Maybe it's a nightmare. Maybe it's a 
they maybe they do another holodeck episode it's just so hard to say maybe he does mm. get assimilated and they don't shave his head for some reason mm. it looks like his hair could be cropped there it's hard yeah, to say yeah definitely to definitely say. looks like a close crop but yeah he's also not nearly pale enough yes unclear what's going on with boy boygler i'm sticking to it it sounds like you're uh struggling to get boygler out <laughs> you know i i blame the uh, the cognac you you should stick with the more palatable borgler <laughs> we'll let we'll let the internet decide that but to wrap up get we're getting close to the end of this trailer we see a shot of and and mariner talking about uh ferengi and it seems like they could be an antagonist of some kind um, you see them popping out of a rover, and the rover looks similar to ones that we'll talk about in one of the uh, the earlier trailers as well. What is happening here? Are you we... know, initially I was wondering if this was the same episode and they were going to be on that same location, mm-hmm. but there is plants in the background, and the previous rover chase is clearly on a station. Yeah, I guess I they know, just but, like rovers. Uh, Return of the Frankie, they're apparently kidnapping people, and... It's up to Boimler to save him. <laughs> Are you sure it's, it's going to be Boimler? I feel like Boimler I really is, don't care. Boimler's just all over. <laughs> it's going to be up to someone. Someone's going to have to do something. Indeed. And then the final shot. This is Mariner getting dragged by security out of Captain Freeman's office. You know, we've we've heard a lot about what the relationship of Mariner and Captain Freeman is supposed to be. They're this, you know, new... They've teamed up, supposedly, at the end of uh, Season 1. And in this shot, they kind of cheerfully tell tell each other off, and Mariner says you can't control her, and she gets shaved off, you know, tugged off to the bri- uh, the brig. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a retread of previous conversations we've seen, but it's this cheery, upbeat. Yeah, there's almost, no venom. Yeah, almost sickeningly sweet <laughs> exchange. Right, we'll have to see how that affects their relationship. I really don't know what to expect uh, about what's going on here. I'm I'm confused, but I'm intrigued. Yep, we'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, That at least wraps up the the first trailer. Gosh, there's there's so much stuff jam-packed into that first trailer. I actually think you mean the last trailer, right? Well, yes, the most recent trailer, I should say. Yes, it's the (laughs) first trailer we're going to talk about because it's a lot of expansions on what was seen in previous trailers or previous talks. Yes, indeed. Um, so let's waste no time and jump right into the uh, second most recent trailer. Uh, so this one came out on, on July 12th. I've seen it posted on social media, so that's how I've kind of posted it. It was a Paramount Plus uh, posting. I haven't seen it on YouTube, but it is, yes, a teaser trailer. Much shorter, but we can actually pull some good tidbits out of this one as well. Um, so the first shot, one of the, the actually opening shot, um, looks like a, a Federation Starbase of some kind. Um, but it's smaller. It, like if you took space stock and like squished it down vertically, that's kind of what this one looks like. But there are some external ship docks, and I know you're excited about the presence of Andorian ships. That's got Andorian ships. They're very much a uh, evolution of the Kumari from Enterprise. And as yes. I always say, if it's not Andorian, it's crap. <laughs> Is that something you always say? You know what? Maybe you need to lay off the booze. I say that a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, looking at the shot there, you know, there's a California class, which could be the Cerritos. I think there's a Luna class in there. Um, there are some uh, ships that are reminiscent of Maquis Raiders. But, I mean, that's just supposed to be like yes. a Federation civilian design. So there's that. We've also got those called the um, the old the, with the, the, the Dautilus. Yes, the Dautilus. Yeah, um, and there's also a new ship in there that we I don't think we've ever seen before that looks like it's an evolution of the Centaur. There's two of them. Yes, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, could that be sure. Vancouver? Uh, I, I was wondering class? if that's what it was supposed to be, and it's just a different angle. Yeah. So I'm not putting the two together, but who knows? I feel like it, it could be um, Parliament class ships there, one or more. But definitely a lot of, of stuff just crammed into just the opening shot. But let's go on to um, the next shot, which is Mariner and Boimler like in a rover driving away from space cops of some kind. So again, we've see, we're seeing them together again. Yes, they're in a chase, but if you look at their outfits, their uniforms, they're kind of this, it seems off-white with gold trim to me. which is yeah, dress seems, uniforms. Yes, it's got to be the dress uniforms. All, although it's strange that we have seen Boimler in a dress uniform, and it was the TNG like dress 
make longer yep. dress ones in season one, but and, and it may be they're just expanding their you know design options here. It's it's yeah. hard to say. But that scene, I'm wondering how that fits in with the other scenes we've seen because there's something that happens in that scene. Data action figures, yes. I guess, is what you're saying. Those are <laughs> they popped out of like the it, yeah. back of the uh, buggy. Yes. And it's another toy reference. Yes. So what's going on there? Why all, the, why all the toys? Yeah, and I'm thinking this is on the same station where we saw the quarks. Yes. So I'm wondering if this ties into, like, the Ferengi and the they're making toys of Starfleet officers. And to do that, they're kidnapping them to get their dimensions or something. <laughs> it could be. Who knows? Yeah. But we do know that it's at least a theme for at least one episode. So there is that. Um, and then, of course, towards the end of that trailer, they crash through a, uh, it must be like a like a pop-up store or like a little aquarium or something. I think Boimler says, like, look out for the fish people. Um, and, of course, we know we can recognize them as the Antedians from the TNG episode Manhunt. So it's a little interesting to see that reference there. Although it's, I mean, could just be a throwaway character, you know, that yeah, we just see in that Definitely just a, a callback reference. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be He cries out, those. we're not people! <laughs> Why would they? Why? Why would they say that? Because they're not fish people. They're, they're just fish. Why? Why you got to be? Uh, that makes no sense. Them. Fish people are people. They're they're more fish than people. <laughs> you are such a human centric person. <laughs> Is people a human term? <laughs> anyway, that wraps up the social media trailer. So shorter, uh, but we definitely get a few little interesting tidbits. But let's keep on moving. There's a third trailer. This one came out um, a few months ago in April, April 5th. They just call it a season two teaser trailer. You can find that on YouTube. And it opens again with another, it's it's a shot of the of the Miranda class McDuff being chased. And we don't know, uh, we don't know who's chasing them. Interesting thing, you can make out the registry number in this shot. And we kind of hypothesized it was a an updated Miranda. But this is a very early number for a... Uh, a Starfleet ship still being in service, so I feel like there could be some temporal shenanigans going on here. Well, it could just be visual updates. It could be. They don't intend to actually have in canon, but thinking back to the other scenes we've seen, I wonder if this is going to be the opening Luna reference, and those are actually pack-led ships chasing mm. this vessel, and its distress is what brings the Luna in. Okay. It could be. Or maybe they're just completely unrelated. <laughs> Hard to tell at this point, but I think you're, you're you could be on something there. Okay, in in one of the following shots, um, we see a Mugato, uh, a Mugato, from the original series uh, episode, A Private Little War. That he's kind of bearing down on a couple people there. Um, I had said you, they were, I thought they were Cardassians, but you kind of pointed out that they could be Denobulans. You know, I and that's funny. Right. From a distance, they do look very Cardassian, and that kind of you thinking they were Cardassians led me to believe to think about the fact that Cardassians and Denobulans have very similar yeah, makeup. They do, just like some yeah. features were removed. One has a spoon, and the other one doesn't. Right? Yes, <laughs> of course. The real question is now that we're getting Denobulans. Are they going to do their whole puffer, puffer fish routine oh, when threatened? I hope so. Maybe they will scare off the, the uh, Mugato with a puffer fish. I'm not. <laughs> Who knows? But it's, there's not a lot of other context in this shot, so kind of impossible to say what's going on. But yeah, in a following shot, though, we do see Mariner in, a, uh, in some athletic gear. Uh, not the same, not the 90s athletic gear we talked about before, but uh, Ambu Jitsu gear, uh, which we've seen, I think, Riker and his dad wear in a TNG episode, The Icarus Factor. Yes. Um, again, still not connected to anything in any way, but it, it just seems to be a random reference. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's a callback that is woven into the return of Riker this season or whether it's just going to be its own thing. Maybe it's, it, you know, I'm going to hypothesize that, you know, Riker was like, you know, playing Jitsu with my dad helped solve some problems. So Mariner, you need to go try and beat up your mom in in a uh, athletically mandated fashion. That is such a Riker mentoring bit. <laughs> you got a lot of struggles here. You need to go beat up your mom. Yeah. It'll help you through everything. <laughs> Although maybe it's a, you know, Boiler's the ones on on the Titan, so it could be a indirect Riker advice. Maybe Boiler's like, Captain Riker says, you know, when you when you need to solve problems, you need to just suit up in Nabu Jitsu. So. 
Oh, and supposedly Riker mentored Mariner's mother, so maybe that'll be yes. the play in. Yeah, it could be. Do we see who she's fighting in the trailer? I don't think so. You just see her twirl her little staff around, and that's it. Oh, boy. Alas. But let's move on to the next shot. Your favorite character, uh, Jack Ransom, um, is... Everyone's favorite character. <laughs> maybe. He's levitating and, like, shooting rainbow power beams out of his hands. He, he appears... Yeah, he appears to be possessed. Be interesting to see what's going on in that scene. But yeah, again, very separated and unclear... Can't, can't tell what's going on. I feel like when we see it in the episode, there's going to be some reference that we're completely missing. <laughs> is there a rainbow fireballs out of your hands reference that we're missing? I, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. But okay, the very next shot, we get... Boim, uh, it's a shot, uh, you know, kind of a very wide-angle shot. Bottom left of the screen, you can see a bunch of the packlets encroaching on some some other people firing phasers at them. And you can see in the back a familiar purple-headed, purple-haired character working in a console and this calls back to the the other shot we saw in the most recent trailer where boimler is wearing these non-uniform outfits so it seems like yes like boimler is involved in the titans operations against uh against the packlets here yeah it'd be interesting to see how that story flow goes it's interesting though that this appears to be a clandestine starfleet operation and right. then in another episode we get a callback to another clandestine Starfleet operation in the uh, Four Lights episode. Yes, yes, the very next shot. It's, we're back to Mariner in the 90s gear, and you can see the Four Lights in the background there, which is awesome. Indeed. <laughs> uh, Chain of Command, one of my favorite uh, episodes, and has my favorite captain in it, Captain Jellico. Wow, your favorite captain, huh? Uh-huh. Wow. Oh. Picard wishes he was half the man Jellico was. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get on topic, but you know the he had complete rights to change to, you know change the way the Enterprise operated, and I feel like Riker could have taken some responsibility and done his job in a serious wartime situation. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that is definitely one of, in my opinion, the most misunderstood episodes of the TNG era. <laughs> you know, in in. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. Maybe maybe they're going to bring back a Jellico type character. Who knows? Hard or maybe say. they'll bring back Jellico himself. Yeah, let's yeah. get a petition going. <laughs> Anything could happen. It's they're... Chief of Starfleet Operations Jellico. Oh boy! Wow, I can see it now. He'd probably be the one that promoted Janeway, though. So <laughs> okay, well, it's a was that a smart move then? <laughs> We're really no. getting off track now. Yeah, let, let's get back on track before I say things I'm going to regret. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that wraps up the three um, the three trailers that we've seen of the show. This is not a dream. We are transmitting from the year 2021. You are hearing this broadcast in order to alter the events you are hearing. So, Aaron... We, we had finished this recording a while ago, and like complete idiots, we uh, were sitting on it uh, to release at a later time. But guess what? In that time, in fact, just today on July 29th, they released a new trailer. A two weeks left well, social media trailer. I mean, you were sitting on it. I was all like, release, release, <laughs> release. And you were like, everything in due time. <laughs> and what a mistake that was. But you know what? If we're going to be thorough, we have to look at this trailer too. So let's look at some uh, some shots that came out of this two weeks left social media trailer. Um, the first shot, um, actually, you know, so this you know this whole the whole premise of this trailer is uh, the unnamed Beckett Mariner's dad talking to Captain Freeman uh, about how things are going. But you know, funny enough, you know, we don't get a name for for this admiral so far. Uh, admiral but, you know, Mariner, maybe it could be. It could be. In fact, I mean, I it mean, makes sense. either that or they just named their child some random last name, <laughs> much like my parents did. Although I feel like that was a slight against me. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe Mariner changed her name because she didn't want to be associated with either of her parents. It's impossible to say. But fun fact, uh, from what I've seen on screen, I would not want to be associated with those people. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. But yeah, I mean, this this uh, character, you know, according to uh, Memory Alpha, played by Phil Lamar, so it'd be, it'd be fun to get Phil back. Yeah, you know, uh, did not see that coming, but not that surprising. Phil Lamar has a uh, great range, so obviously a lot of potential there. Yes, indeed. 
Uh, but moving on to a second shot, um, we are seeing a California-class ship, likely the Cerritos, uh, being grabbed by two giant space hands in front of an angry-looking uh, face. Um, and it's it seems to make sense. It would seem, it would seem to follow if uh, this large space being is Commander Jack Ransom um, after getting his rainbow powers um, in yeah, the other trailers know, wondering, that we've seen. Uh, wondering what kind of situation we got here. Are we looking at a... Uh gary mitchell situation or is this more of a uh quiker situation a quiker huh yeah you know uh q riker the <laughs> best iteration of riker <laughs> with his uh you, you can't just snap your fingers you got to do like the grandiose yeah. hand wave he saves crushers and murders pigmen <laughs> as That's all gods all. should yes but speaking of gods, you know, in this shot, you can see, you know, if you freeze frame, um, you can see the bottoms of the hands are kind of floating in free space. So, you know, giant, when you talk giant space hands holding starships, that makes me think of that uh, that uh, original series episode with the giant space Apollo hand grabbing the Enterprise. Yeah. What was that episode? Who mourns for Adonis? Yes, I think that that is the name. Yeah, you know, so it's either that or it's Andros from the Star Fox series. Don't really think that's likely, though. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not sure what I would put past McMahon at this at this point. So anything's possible. So on to the next shot. Um, we do see a a shot of uh, Mariner getting shot in the face with uh, quills from a flower. Nothing. It's hard to get any any other context out of the scene except we do see that. Um, you know, it does remind me of those those flowers that that uh, spurt spores at Spock and in, in that episode, um, this side of paradise. Yeah, if you say so. I mean, I really don't see a connection. But then, this side of paradise, an entirely forgettable episode. <laughs> That's fighting words. Well, I mean, to people who like bad episodes. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's move on to the next shot. Um, actually, a lot going on in this very short shot and we have scorpion tendy which we've talked about from from some of the other trailers watching um a character who could be boimler getting shot with food spurting out of a replicator i say could be boimler because um if you look if you look and take a closer look you can see his hair is kind of not quite the full purple that we've seen there's maybe some gray in there and his upper body seems a little bit more buff than we've than you know we'd come to expect from boimler but that that scream that boimler scream is hard to uh hard to place in another context so old buff boimler don't know what the context there is but maybe there's some connection I'm I'm thinking you know it seems like you know Boimler would want himself to be he could he you know he could wish himself into a buffer older body I don't know maybe but Tendi like why is Tendi a scorpion in the scene would she want to become a scorpion I feel like she's manic enough to maybe think that becoming a scorpion is a good idea yeah they meet some alien being who says tell me who you truly want to be and Boimler's <laughs> all want like. I want to be the seasoned captain who knows it all. Right. Suddenly he's an old buff man. And Teddy's all like, um, 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 I want to be a scorpion. And it's all like, uh, okay. That's what you want. Happen. <laughs> yes. Maybe this is the uh, ransom episode. Yes, where everyone gets what they want. It could be. Yeah. And <laughs> ransom obviously wants to be a god. Uh, yeah, clearly a shiny golden god. He was looking Mark. up the he was looking up the, those old scientist uh, missions and saw the came across the Apollo one, and yeah. he's like, you know what? That's what I want to do. Could be, <laughs> highly doubt it though. <laughs> I'm still holding out for mutant Tendi that stays with us. Oh, good luck. <laughs> but let's move on to the one of the final shots, which is a. Uh, it looks like it's on the bridge of a California class ship, probably the Cerritos, I and mean, it looks like there's some other ship is getting shot to pieces and exploding. Shuttle of some variety. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen this kind of ship before. Probably, uh, we'll have to keep an eye out and see who that ship belongs to. Don't think it really matters. Feels yeah. like a waste of time for a trailer. Yeah, completely. Yeah, ships exploding, pretty lame, if you ask me. Yeah, you know what? I mean. Nobody likes ships exploding. <laughs> Definitely no one. 
Uh, but that's it. The the trailer wraps with Captain Freeman being like, uh, everything's everything's normal. So pretty short, but I, I think we still got some some good nuggets out of looking at this trailer too. Yeah, they're they're definitely leaning into uh, Scorpion Tendy pretty hard and Godlike Ransom. So we'll see how that goes. Indeed. But for now, I think that's uh, enough from the future. So why don't we go back? Oh God, you, you listened to this whole thing, didn't you? This was a waste of time. You people of the past suck. Just so much stuff. We've, we've, we're already so deep in this episode and we're just now finishing the trailers. But there's even more things we can talk about during the various interviews and articles. Um, and I, I want to breeze through them. There are a few of them. A lot of them, I'll, I'll add them. I'll add some links in the description of this episode when it, when it goes out. But um, I'll call out some key bits. The most recent one was a bunch of the cast and Mike McMahon doing uh, Comic-Con at Home, um, just recently aired um, on YouTube recently. And some interesting things, you know, McMahon calls out that he's talking about season two and he's saying that, you know, as we know, and what is great about this show is there's this mix of serious Star Trek and silly Star Trek. But at the same time, like there are there are things to follow up with uh, in season two. And we've already seen a lot of that in the trailers with you know the packleds and and all that kind of stuff, and it, to be honest, in the last couple episodes of season one, a lot of a lot of stuff just starts to get really real, and I, it sounds like they're going to be taking that into season two. I think uh, one of the things that they did well in season one, and I hope they like lean into this more in season two, is that they had episodes that had a strong Star Trek or sci-fi premise. And they built a comedy around it. Right. You know, ship full of the cryogenically frozen people seeking their, you know, new world to terraform. Fantastic. But they built a comedy episode off of it. Stuff like that, I think, could be really well done. Yes. And I think that's where they're at their best. Yeah. I hope they don't get too serious. One of the big problems you have with a lot of... You see it in a lot of comedy is as they go along, they get a little too far mm. up their own bums with getting super serious with their right. storylines and having these big overarching stories with real consequences. And it's all like, you know, you're supposed to be a comedy here and I'm not laughing. <laughs> yes, we can only hope that they continue to straddle that line effectively. Let's see, what else do they say? I mean, as we've seen in the trailers, you know, they've kind of been reiterating a lot of things that they've we're going to see familiar faces um, and a lot of new stuff too so and you know as we expected uh, mike mcmahon did note that packlets are going to be like a main villain and you know it's obvious from the trailers now that they're going to be yes. some kind of multi-episode threat and so. as absurd as packlets are as a villain race it definitely works well for a comedy series yeah but never made sense in the context of realistic worldviews <laughs> well let's see what else uh i'm just gonna i'm kind of gleaning over all of the little nuggets that we've pulled out of the various interviews and i you know one of the things that you know i mean to, going back to the plate <laughs> the commemorative plate for a second where tom paris you know the internet is loving it but you know mike mcmahon has said that that uh, they're only pulling in these quote-unquote legacy characters when they when they make sense so they won't be stealing the show from the main cast which i think suit again suits the yeah. purpose of the show right well, and, and I think most series series did that. They they brought in characters from previous series to right. add a little interconnectivity. But there's always the risk of Voyager late seasons where you bring in Barkley and it's just like, uh, <laughs> this is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's too much of this character. Yeah, they've got so, such a gold mine with the the uh, characters they have. So hopefully they. And I think uh, Rubber Duck McNeil was definitely <laughs> a good choice. I, I feel like that guy's acting chops and comedy chops are pretty on point. That I think yes. he'll fill that role pretty well. Yes. Another interesting nugget. So this show supposedly set in twenty three eighty Lower Deck season two, and you know as we know, there's another Star Trek animated show coming out this year called star trek prodigy and that show is set a few years later in 2383 so they apparently are coordinating some to make sure that they don't step on each other's toes if they're going to use certain characters or certain villains and whatnot they are actively coordinating so and and to be honest thank god i don't want to see them you know i mean they're they're obviously different shows i don't want to see them just tripping each other up unnecessarily 
that was a big problem with TNG and DS9. Voyager kind of avoided it by hurling their ship into the far reaches of the galaxy. But there was supposed to be a lot more overlap than there was, but they did still do a little bit of overlap where it worked pretty well together. But by the time DS9 got into its big galaxy-spanning events, TNG was off the air. So it didn't really affect their series where you're watching it going, wait, the Enterprise is the flagship of the Federation. (laughs) Why is it out making contact with bird people on (laughs) Ada Iridini 99 when there's a war with the Dominion going on? (laughs) Right. So it's nice to see that level of coordination, which is always good. Hopefully hopefully it, it plays out that way. But it sounds like Prodigy is also going to be not federation focused right so we'll we'll see how that plays out yeah um let's see what else we can bring up here um it sounds like while o'brien is the most uh important person in starfleet history they have not secured Colomini to be a cameo yet alas well i mean do we really need another o'brien beat stick episode <laughs> and you know they're gonna touch on it too if they ever get him he will be uh O'Brien is made to suffer, as we all know. Well, you know, last we saw of him, he was teaching at the academy. So, yes, hopefully, he'll uh, if he shows up, he'll be somebody's like former instructor. Yes. Uh, some interesting things about about Boimler's character that we've kind of hypothesized already, but Jack Quaid has said in some interviews that obviously Boimler is having a hard time on the Titan, and he he left without saying goodbye, as we know, so he's feeling it, and that's obviously something that we're going to see followed up in the show. So. Boimler, you know, and we, we kind of have already guessed that he's going to get pulled back to the Cerritos for some reason or another. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, what else can we say? You know, Mike McMahon has said in an IG interview, interview that he's kind of modeling the, the start of uh, season two along the last couple episodes of season one. Interesting thing, like in season three, like we just talked about, um, the last couple episodes are very, like it gets, like stuff just starts to get real. The stakes. Yeah, it's higher stakes, uh, get right? Epic. Yeah. I remember, yeah, like, like we talked about before, like when that when that California-class ship just gets annihilated when they go to warp, I was like, oh, they just killed a bunch of people. <laughs> so it sounds like they're going to continue this higher stakes uh, stuff, which is fine. As long as they make the comedy work and it straddles that line... I think we're I think we're okay. Um, an interesting bit um, regarding uniforms. You know, we we saw like what we guessed are updated dress uniforms. Um, we've seen those off the you know the shoulder diagonal shoulder Picard uh, uniforms in in the, the series Picard when they're having flashbacks. They're kind of uh, the you know department color on the shoulder, but it's kind of a slanted look to them. It, it sounds like McMahon hinted that there could be some kind of connection with the current Cerritos uniforms and what's going on in Picard. Because I think those Picard flashbacks take place, you know, happen at around the same time. Oh boy, I should have prepared for this better. Uh, I do not know my Star Trek timelines! Uh, <laughs> but you know what, it could just be another thing where that is like the replacement for the standard Starfleet uniform that's going to replace the gray shoulders or something. Yeah, but it's, it's cool that they're uh, going to at least weave the canon together in some way there. Um, he, Mike McMahon did say that he, he wants to do some kind of Boimler getting tested uh, with new uniforms, <laughs> which I think would be amazing um, and would totally see the Boimler character, but I don't think that's actually been slated. So uh, Some other cool tidbits pulled out of an, uh, an older Trek Core interview. The Packlet ships, they have a name. They're called Battle Harpies. <laughs> yes, I don't know why. I don't know what the logic is. Unless, does anything occur to you? Why? Why? I, why you know what? I just kind of wonder about the Packlets having harpies in their uh, cultural lexicon. <laughs> are, are bird women a common thing? I don't know the universe. Yeah, I mean, do they have? They have to. <laughs> yeah, I have apparently, no parallel evolution expands to parallel mythology <laughs> well regardless that's what their name is I, I always love to hear what things are called i don't know we'll see if they even pops up on screen but it's cool to hear what their full names are some other cool things popped uh, uh by mcmahon here um they're giving tendy and rutherford more screen time which i love to hear because rutherford's my boy they're trying to say that there are four leads instead of the two leads and two sidekicks well i always so kind of got that. that feeling from the first season was it's very much the same dynamic of the old crew you right. see certain officers a lot more just because they are the most senior officers 
Right. But, you know, the side characters are still the major characters. It's not just Picard and Riker. The rest of the bridge crew are also leads. Yes. So good to see that. And speaking of focus on other characters, you'll love to hear this. There is apparently a Billups episode along with a Dr. Tana episode. Well, one of those things I'm looking forward to. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you which. Oh, I'll have to guess. I'm going with Billups. Damn you. Did you read my live journal? (laughs) No, I just was there when we recorded the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm glad we're seeing more of Billups. Uh, His interactions with Rutherford are fantastic. Yes. Um, And one final bit pulled out of these interviews. Apparently, as of last year, and this interview was done last year, they came out and said they couldn't get uh, Marina Sirtis for um, season two. I, I, you know, I, it, he specifically says no in this interview, but in the more recent interviews, they leave it more nebulous, like they're not sure if they can get her. So, you know, I guess what we're getting out of that is they will probably go straight up Frakes, but there is a remote outside possibility that Troy will pop her head in from time to time, but it doesn't look likely. Troy is definitely a fantastic addition. Her and Riker's interactions are just so, so good. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? They they haven't done anything so far to lead me to believe that they rely entirely on their actors to carry the episodes. I feel like they've got enough writing and plotting and planning that regardless of who they can get, it'll turn out okay. Yeah, totally. But I know some people are really, uh, really excited to get her back, but... May or may not happen. And with that, I think we've covered. This is everything we know. We've we've scoured the internet. We've scoured the interviews. We've we've dissected the trailers. I think we've pretty much summarized everything that we can possibly know about Lower Deck season two. So what I want to talk about next, though, is you know we've talked about everything we do know. What are a few things that we don't know that you're the most excited about, Aaron? I have a few things I want to know, but I want to know what you're what you're hyped about. Well, I mean, obviously, Tentacle Monster, number <laughs> is, one. Is that number one? <laughs> Top of the list. Okay. Who is that guy? Oh, my God. What's he doing there? You know what? Is he going to get his own spinoff series? <laughs> so what's your number one thing? I My number one thing I want to know is, you know, as we talked about in our season one recap episode, Mariner, her... What, like, what's going on with her character, man? That's what I want to know. She's Her whole character is built upon her demotion and bad relationship with the captain um her mom so like if she is getting along with her captain or with her mom slash captain is that even a thing that will be possible with the show or is it would it would it destroy her character so i'm i don't know and i want to know that is the big thing for me so you know going back to that i think one of the big things that i'm seeing from the trailer and i don't know if this is going to carry through into the series or not is previously Mariner and her mother had two very different relationships. Right. They were adversarial. They were unhappy with each other. They didn't accept each other. And I feel like season two, they still have that adversarial relationship from what we've seen. Right. But it's more of an acceptance of the other person. And there's still that love there, right? But they've they've come to accept the other person and they still want that person to change and grow and be a better person. But they've realized that that individual has to do it on their own terms. Mm. I don't know. It just feels it like be. a very realistic take on human on behavior. Totally. That relationship. So yeah. we'll see if that carries through or whether it's just going to be all played for yucks. Yeah. yeah we'll see. Either way, I'm going to be okay with it, I think. <laughs> well, what else do you have? I'm curious to see. Do you have more that you're looking forward so, to? So, we don't know anything about Boimler's return to the Cerritos. Yes. And I'm hoping it happens fairly quickly, like by episode three. And we have a moment where somebody calls out that they've returned to the status quo of Boimler and Tendi and Rutherford and Mariner on right. board the ship and Mariner fighting with her mother. And somebody's <laughs> all like wait a minute, what's happened here? Everything was all crazy, you know, a week ago, and now we're just back to back to normal? What is this, the <laughs> Enterprise? <laughs> that would be amazing. And yes, actually, that's one of my uh, one of my top things as well. Like, what's going on with Boimler? Why is he back on the Cerritos? We don't know. We see him back in the uniform. You know, we see him in, like, actually, he has many costume changes in all of the, uh, the yes. trailers we've seen, actually, so... 
He's become a regular fashionista. <laughs> Indeed. So I want to know what's going on there. But you know what? If we knew all of these answers, there wouldn't be much point in the season. That's true. Uh, the last thing I really want to know um, is with my boy Rutherford. What you know? So at the end, of, at the end of the of season one, he loses his uh, implants and has his memory loss, as you recall. I'm a little disappointed to see that he has his like literally the same implant again. I was hoping for some kind of change there, but you know what? I think it'll be fine. He's still going to be amazing, and you know I want Tenderford, the best relationship in the show, to endure. They're gonna. I, I hope they get together. Brother lips uh, can suck it. Yeah, you know what? Rougher Lips, man, is, is going to be the winner in the long run. Um, this is just another opportunity for Rutherford to find the true joy that is Billups. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That's Those are my th- those are my top things I want to know. Are you, do you have any anything else, or are you just waiting to see what happens? You know what? I'm just waiting to see what happens. I do want to comment on one thing that I believe was said in... Oh, I don't even remember what interview it was said in. But apparently, Jerry O'Connell, your favorite first officer and mine, has mentioned (laughs) that he really wants his character Jack to become the captain. (laughs) Yes, I believe that was in the Comic-Con interview. You know Um, what? And I just have one thing to say about this. Jerry, if you're listening, you had your shot. And you let the Sci-Fi Channel F it up. (laughs) No more! Just read the scripts, Jerry! (laughs) It's his own fault. I see how it is. Well, who knows? Maybe Jack Ransom will get his own ship one day, and then uh, we'll see what you think then. Or, you know, maybe he'll pull a Riker and just keep refusing it over and yeah. over again. <laughs> is he qualified, though? Well, That's everybody else will be standing around going, come on, Riker, you're standing in the way of my career. Well, in this case, Jerry. <laughs> Amazing. Well, well I, what else do you want to talk about? I think that's it. I think we've covered everything there is to know. We've, we've left no stone unturned. I'm ready for season two. Yeah, thank thank God, because I emptied my glass like five minutes ago, and this is getting <laughs> real hard to get through at this point. <laughs> so I guess uh, we should probably hit the pause button, as we always do at this time. Let people know we're going to be back for episodic reviews to Season 2. You can always follow us on Twitter, at Lower Dorks, for updates. Or you can go on an adventure to collect DNA samples from across the galaxy and use their hidden code to construct your very own Stavros hologram. But remember, keep those holodeck filters clean, kids. (laughs) Someone has to change the filters. Might as well be you. 